Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of All The Small Games, a monthly indie games podcast hosted by me, Andrew Levins. And me, Jonathan Valenzuela. We are back in Sydney. We are not in Melbourne anymore where we were last month for PAX. That was a good time. It was a very good time. Great to get on the show floor and play some games. Some fucking games! Games! Um... We should have a little recap, I guess, because we, we recorded on the Sunday morning. Yeah, before... before I mean, we first day, I think we were just taking it all in on the Saturday, but Sunday actually cracked the knuckles and got down to playing some games. The knuckle sandwiches. Yeah. Actually, yeah, knuckle sandwich. That was awesome. So I the- think we... I mentioned it on Twitter at the time, but um, I think that was probably one of the highlights of the games that was there. Knuckle sandwich was amazing. Yeah, it's a, an RPG made by Andrew Brophy. Um, I've downloaded the demo. You can actually play the same demo that we played at PAX yeah. um, on, on Mac and PC um, through the Itch app. Itch.io. Itch.io, whatever it yep. is. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's created by a Melbourne dude called Andrew Brophy. Um, and uh, it is, uh, like, yeah, by far the, my, my favorite thing that I've play, played on, yeah. on the show floor at PAX. It's very, very weird, very funny RPG. Um, and the taste that I had, I was just like, Please, please finish this. I want to play all of this. Yeah, totally. Um, actually, there's going to be a big, uh, a big unfinished RPG that I'm going to be talking about in this episode as Ooh. well. That some of our listeners may have played this month as well. But yeah, of, of all the, I can't remember. It was so long ago now. I feel like you know, um, it being a full month, I, I can't remember any things. That, I remember I played like a little bit of the Stormboy game. Oh, you did. Which has since come out. Like Stormboy is a is a. I don't know. I don't know how much of your youth you spent in uh, Australian schools. But um, I, for some reason, I feel like I did Stormboy very early on, but it's completely erased from my memory now. But I know it's like they rescue a pelican. Yeah, it's or... a, it's a it's a, about a boy rescuing a pelican, and it got made into a movie. It was a book first and foremost. It got made into a movie. It's it, like I remember as a kid, it would always get put on on like wet weather days, and I thought it was so fucking boring. 
Um, but I also how have like a weird warmth towards oh, of course. towards it. Nostalgia. Well, how'd the, how'd the game go? I was like, when I played it, I was like, well, what is the point of this game? And I get it's like a kind of, it reminded me a lot of like a, like an early CD-ROM where it's like right. not really a game. It's like, oh, you can read along with the story and then click on one of the words and then it kind of takes you to a thing where you can bounce a ball. Right. And literally that's what, you know, you, it, it's almost word for word. Uh, retelling the story of Storm Boy, and then every now and then you'll hit it, like you know, you can throw a stick, and the pelican will go and catch it and bring it back to you. Right. So it's these really strange activities, and uh, I was like, hmm, I wonder if there's more to the game than this build. And then I saw that Vooks, who are an Australian um, Nintendo website, who are like notoriously just very nice. Okay. Uh, it, you've, it's very rare that you see anything overly critical on Vooks, and that's no slight on them at all. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, that's the look nature on, of their website. The bright, exactly, so. but they gave it one out of five. Oh. So I was like, man, this game must be fucking terrible. Pelly can't. <laughs> um, what else was there? Got to play my friend Pedro. That was fun, um, except playing on keyboard and mouse was You covered absolute... this last month, Doug. Yeah, this is true. Um... <laughs> It's actually, speaking of which, uh, we played Gris, Gris, uh, Gris. At, at the Devolver um, uh, t- tent, tent, stall. Uh, st- st- yeah, stand. I ended up buying a Devolver t-shirt, actually. Oh, nice. Uh, before I left. Um, and uh, I've, I've, got, I've, I've got to wear it. It's nice and blue and colorful. Oh. Perfect for the summer. <laughs> um, but uh, Gris was one of the games that they had, and I actually just got a demo for that. that oh, sorry, a, a key for that this morning. So Yeah. Uh, for- I, I, it, there's an embargo for a while, so like, even if I did play it, I couldn't tell you for how good it was. Uh, but we can tell you that it is out on December 14th. Yeah, and that's definitely... Two and a bit weeks away. There aren't that many games coming out in December. There's Smash no. Brothers coming out that same week. Yeah, of course. So get that and Gris. <laughs> yeah. Um, the only other one that springs, apart from uh, Dead Static Drive, oh, yeah, uh, like which that. I mentioned on Twitter, which is being built by a guy from Victoria. Um, it is a cosmic horror road trip. And it's very much kind of, I've seen it in the last couple of PAXs, and it's very cool to kind of watch it come along. Um, it's still very much in in its infancy, but it's got a lot of potential. Like really cool design. Mike Blackney. Is Mike the, Blackney. Uh... Yeah, he is a very 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 nice dude. Um, it has been it has been great running into him at all these conventions every time. Um, and if the the devs are team fan club. Fan team club. yeah, team fan club. Um, so yeah, that that one I'm excited for. Um, God, the art style on that is so sick. Oh, it's it's absolutely stunning, and he's taking like. He's taking a lot of inspiration from, like, the American West and Northwest. Right, sweet. Um, you know, a lot of, like, whenever he's over there for, for conventions like PAX Prime and whatnot, he goes on road trips for inspiration and stuff. Um, so that one's got a lot of potential. There was also a, um, a point-and-click adventure game I played, which is set in Britain after Brexit when there's been, like, a zombie apocalypse. Uh-huh. I think it's called The Land of Hope and Gory. Um, or that might just be their tagline. Uh, I kept a bunch of, um, I like went around and everything I played, I picked up little, um, little tickets for. Yep. All the little cards they give you saying the name of the game and what the URL is and stuff like that. Some of them come with free pins. Um, and then when I got back to Sydney, did all my washing from the trip and managed to wash everything that was in my pocket. The whole man. Yeah. <laughs> which is, which is, um, yeah, oh, so it's gory. So G O R E Y. Um, G yeah. Uh, zombie outbreak, uh, simulator. It was, it was cool. I mean, I, I have a wild soft spot for, um, point, point clicks. And clicks, um, cool kind of art style, interesting sort of puzzles. It's been developed by binary space. Yeah. 
Cool. So shout out to those guys as well. But yeah, most importantly, head to uh, Knuckle Sandwich. Uh, I don't know how you fucking find the demo. I'm sure if you just, if you just Google... Google Knuckle Sandwich Game and or, you'll get or demo there. and you'll find it's where you get the free demo. It's really, really good. It's you, the same thing we played at, at PAX and it was our favorite thing that we played on the floor, so definitely play it yep. in the comfort of your own home. Yes. Uh, so, John, on this show, I thought we could go through, as usual, the games that we've played, the indie games that we've played in the last month. Sure. Um, and also, um, it is almost the end of the year. Um, and at the end of every year is the massive Game Awards. Awards season, baby! And I thought we could go through all of the indie games. Yeah. Uh, there's, you know, there's some indie games like uh, awards and also some indie games have been nominated in other categories as well. Yep. So a fun little way to go through and it's a good way of kind of recapping what other people thought the best indie games of the year were before we do our best indie games of the year next month. Yep. We will be doing our GOTYs in December. Uh, and of course, uh, we have some emails to get through at the end of the show. So let's start by uh, going through uh, the games we've been playing in the last month. Sure. Uh, I mentioned it at the start. May as well get into it now because this is like one, probably the first game I played this month. Uh, it is a, a an unfinished um, part one, chapter one, they call it. Sure. Uh, it's a sequel to a game that I reviewed uh, last month. Uh, for the first time, I played Undertale yes. last month, and uh, which is an RPG uh, made by Toby Fox, one dude from America. Um, and it's like, you know, uh, uh, kind of 8-bit yeah. RPG game with a, a lot of character and strange non-secular humor and very crazy characters. Um, and it, the, the, the battling system is you actually like avoid enemy attacks by moving your heart around and it challenges you to win battles with mon- against monsters by not by fighting them, but that, but by like winning them over. So they stop fighting you and then you spare their lives. Mm. Um, and there are all different endings and playthroughs that you can do by making different decisions that actually impact the way the rest of the game is shaped which is really cool in a way that most games aren't Uh, so uh, Toby Fox uh, kind of at the end of uh, last month he was like oh there's going to be uh, some Undertale news coming soon watch this space John just moved by the way to a place directly beneath the Sydney flight path yes so that is enormous roaring noises are uh, it's a plane many of his Many visitors come in to come, come, come it's, over. It's the 7 p.m. from Perth. Um, <laughs> it is worth mentioning as well, Undertale is like an indie darling. Like yeah, of course. It is, yeah. It is hugely popular. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Toby Fox would be quite profitable. Quite rich? Probably. He's also profitable. I reckon of if you course. sold him, you'd make a lot of profit. Oh, hell yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he announced that there was going to be, you know, watch the space for Undertale news. And then sure enough, he kind of uh, shadow dropped, uh, my favorite word. Uh, that there is a sequel. It's called Delta Rune, which is an anagram of Undertale, um, and it's not finished yet. But everyone was able to play a uh, downloadable demo, which you still can if you just search uh, Delta Rune uh, Chapter One. You yeah. can you can play it, and uh, I did. I wasn't sure how much of a sequel this would be if it was going to have like returning characters or themes or battling systems. It is an RPG, um, but it is a completely different story in the same world as Undertale um, with the same characters. Okay. Like, the, not not all of them, but they, a lot of them make cameos. Some of them not until much later in, in the, into the game. So I won't spoil too much of it. But basically, you play uh, a boy who uh, is... Basically, has to be, is partnered up with a, with a bully at school. And when you go uh, to the supply closet to get some more chalk... Which uh, the bully eats. Okay. You uh, you were transported into the um, the land of the monsters from the first Undertale game. Okay. Uh, and the biggest difference with in between these two games is this game is uh, you you have a party, 
So it's not just you oh, as right. one person. You have like up to three people fighting monsters at a time that you control. Oh, that's cool. And Toby Fox did say that like this, this is, you know, he's, he's not even sure if he can finish this yet. It is an enormous uh, amount of work to do, to do a game by yourself. Um, and uh, he did say that this was going to be, no matter what happens, that there is only going to be one like definitive way to play this game. There won't be multiple endings and multiple different uh, ways to play. Right. Okay. Yeah, but um, man, his lesson. I think I liked the way this game played more than I did Undertale. Whoa. I was, okay. you know, I think I, a lot of people, I don't think that many people have said similar things because maybe they played Undertale three or four times like many years ago when it came out. Um, I think I had a very rare way of like i finished it one month and the next month i played the sequel and so i was right. it was very fresh in my brain i I loved my time with undertale but i love delta rune so much more um sure. the battling system controlling a party was just added added depth to the gameplay that um, i really appreciated um it didn't do away with the fact that you you know uh, avoid attacks by moving the heart around the screen and that kind of thing but um yeah you had just other other things to control and think about when you're doing battles okay um and yeah you, it was all trying to do the spares and different characters can spare enemies in certain ways, like using magic and, and fun things like that. Uh, and the story, if you're an Undertale fan, it is so rewarding oh, right. in that it, uh, it, it's, it's like so much more fan service than I was expecting. Okay. Um, including like a post game section that you could spend hours in. Really? Yeah. Like the whole thing, depending on how much you want to get out of the world. Um, and you know, there's a lot of Toby Fox writes so much, dialogue for all the characters so you can keep talking to characters until they have nothing to say sure um yeah it, it was something that he something that was n- unlike anything else in under in undertale um and uh graphic massive graphical upgrade you know it, it's like you know to 16 16 bit ish sure. kind of era graphics i guess but just a much bigger space to, to move around in and uh I, uh, I I was kind of blown away by how how good this chapter one unfinished demo version of a sequel to a game that I'd only just played was, and how how much it affected me too. So did you? Is it is it purchasable or is it a free? It's demo? free. It's a free it's download. Free demo. Okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It's a free download. I would not play it unless you've played Undertale. Um, okay. Just because Undertale is a great game, and you'll like Delta Rune so much more. Right. Having played Deep Undertale, the whole thing. and I think if you if you played Delta Rune first, you'd get used to that battle system and go back to Undertale and be like, oh, what. Right, right, yeah. okay. Um, cool, that sounds rad. I, I need to play Undertale. Yeah, I, I think it would be a great game to play over the Christmas break, John. That's true. It's very quick, too. Uh, I am, I'm considering doing a, a pacifist run uh, right. before, before the end of the year. You don't want to do a, the opposite? Uh, Gen- do, Genocide do that run? I want, a pacifist run is like kind of what sets up the world as you see it in Deltarune. So right. I kind of want to see how that happens. Do you find it, quick aside, do you find it hard when a game gives you moral choices to... Like I always find it's like oh I have the I have the potential to be evil and then I start playing the game I'm like no I'm going to be good yeah it feels good to be good I mean Undertale is one of the rare games where and I've been really I've, I've been thinking about this a lot playing Red Dead Redemption at the moment yeah which um, I think has a really like there's a very moral system in place for it yeah but at, at first it's like no matter what you do like you could kill everybody the story is going to be exactly the same and I was like oh what's the point like you know. It doesn't really matter what I do or don't do, but then apparently there is a point in the game where you are uh, you get a much better story if you have been good. Right. Okay. Um, so yeah, if there are actual consequences, I think that's cool. In Infamous, um, there were two different endings depending on whether you chose to be a hero or a bad guy. Yeah, I was playing one of the Metro games, the the Russian first person shooters, and happened to look up something on the internet. 
and discovered that it has a hidden morality system. Oh, cool. So, like, the point where I was at in the game and what I'd done, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm already not getting the good ending. And huh. Because I didn't know about it. <laughs> yeah, sure. I didn't, like... So, I think I kind of... My interest in it petered off at that point. So, I was like, oh, they're attacking me. I had to kill them. You can't mark me down for doing that. Don't give me a gun if I'm not, to kill, not meant to kill anybody. Well, it's also what's dishonored. Like, dishonored, you are this... Assassin with crazy powers But the game punishes you for killing people Right Which I'm just like You don't give me the powers Like yeah I mean Undertale doesn't necessarily punish you You just get a different ending Sure Yeah Um, Well it's the same Like all of these You get a different ending All the characters interact with you differently too I want the good ending. Whereas Red Dead, if, I feel like in the first few chapters of Red Dead, if you're if you're an outlaw, people are like, "Oh, fuck you," in like you know day to day kind of open world encounters. But then the story is largely the same. Right. Okay. So it's kind of it seems artific- artificial. Yeah. Yeah. But apparently, it is a little more depth to it as you get further into the game. Cool. Anyway, Delta Rune. Yeah, sounds really cool. I I could not recommend it more. I mean, obviously, it comes with the caveat that you should play. Undertale, Undertale first. But has he has he given any? I know he's talked about how big a project it is, but has he given any? No, he's has, he, has he hinted no, at he's timeline? Straight, he straight up said, "I might not even finish this because oh, it, it's shit. a massive undertaking." Oh dang! Yeah, it's weird that he wouldn't just be like, "I'm going to get a team on board." Like, I, I think that's that's what he's 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 realizing that he can't do this by himself. So hopefully, this is you know he obviously the, the, it that I've mentioned at rabid fan base. You would think he would have devs like yeah. clamoring to be a part of his team. So. It's it's vaguely ironic that he added a team up to yes. combat in the game, but hasn't done that for the development yet. Can't he learn from his own game? You know, yeah. he makes things better. So that's available on the eShop. No, no, I I played oh, it. Put- I put that on my fucking computer. Can you believe oh, it, John Bell? Oh my Bellantar? god! I played a game to finish to completion on my laptop. That's insane. I've been clearing my laptop to so I have better. Um, so it's just faster. It just runs for DJing quicker. lately. And I, I cleared out so many unfinished games on my Steam library. I left the only game in my Steam library that hasn't been deleted is um, uh, the point and click game that you gave me. Paradigm. Paradigm. I will play that one day. I really hope so because it's very good. <laughs> um, cool. Um, I have. I'm just. I'm going to climb the mountain for my first game. I went in on Hollow Knight properly. Like I think Hollow Knight was the second or third ep. Was it that uh, yeah, you I, kind of did your big playthrough of it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I finished it by our third episode, I guess. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people have accused me of being paid money by the Hollow Knight, Hollow Knight uh, developers due to how much I love that game. And I'm just happy to chew anybody's ear off who'll listen. I've, I've oh. convinced so many people to buy that game. Uh, it's uh, And like my biggest argument of the that I'm having of the, so far this year is let me include it as a 2018 game, you fucking cunts. <laughs> I think uh, that was that was one of the things. It's like it got released on Switch in 2018. And, that should and, refresh it. And I feel like I don't know. I, I I feel like they expanded the game significantly in 2018 too. We got two yeah, big all kind the, of all additions the DLC to it and whatnot. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like and it was part of it's, it. It was part of the conversation yeah. since it got released on Switch. It's not like oh, finally it came to this one one console. Having you know, after the majority of the world was able to play it elsewhere, like like I I don't know know that many people that played it on PC. I I got it on PC when it first came out. Me too. And just for some reason, at the time, it didn't catch me. I think I went up against a second, like I got to the second boss battle, or not even that. I just got to like 
a part that was difficult and I went, meh, nope, we're fine. And I think it's it's one of those things I've complained about it a lot over the previous episodes, but I just my PC is not good for that kind of game. Like, it's not built for a, an action-paced, fast kind of game. Whereas the Switch is perfectly made for something like that. Plus are, the portability. Yeah. So I don't, like... I know it sounds like elitist in a weird way, but the idea of playing, like hooking up a Bluetooth controller to my laptop makes no sense to my head at all. Sure. Um, like I, I have a Steam Link, which is now like being two fifty uh, discontinued. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. It's two bucks fifty, sure. But because um, I don't know, I there's something about playing games on my laptop where I can see the keyboard, but I'm not playing on the keyboard. I don't know. I think that just... I think that just highlights gaming background. Like, I, I was PC from the very get-go. Yeah, so. I know, but you weren't playing with a controller. You were playing with keyboard yeah, that's, and mouse. Yeah, that's true, keyboard yeah. and mouse. But I, oh, I would not do that with, with Hollow Knight. Like, anyway. it, it's like if I was like, oh, yeah, totally. I hooked a keyboard up to my 3DS so yeah. I could play Sonic. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Read a rabbit. Yeah. Um, but no, it was... it was. I kicked it off when we were flying back. I'd had it on my Switch for ages... It was one of those games where I just... I, it was on sale at the time, so I think I bought it thinking like, okay, I'll get into this. And it just sat in my library for a while. But it was the way back from Melbourne last month that I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go in on this now. Um, I think, you, you, I'd, run, I think I'd run out of everything else to play. Get ready to be morally offended, everybody. John right. played the first like three hours of Hollow Knight with the volume off. Yes. You fucking monster. Yes. Um... The soundtrack is like one of my, if not my favorite thing about Holy Night, I think. Right. I love that soundtrack. Um, and the funny thing is I breezed past where I first, like where I, when I played the game first, like I just flew past that point so quickly playing on the Switch. And then the next three weeks, it was just every moment I had that I could spare, I was spending in... What's the dirt mouth and it's the under... What's the name of the city under the... I should know, but I don't. Yeah. Um, just exploring the city and... Hollow Nest. Hollow Nest. That's yeah. the one. And over time, just being like, this is not a small game. No. This <laughs> is huge. Like, I think my final... I think I stopped I stopped playing the latest DC DLC and it was like 70 plus hours yeah. I put into it. Um, I just... And the beauty, the beauty of like... It's one of those games where every upgrade I get is immediately useful in some way, shape, or form. Because like you save it, up all these areas that you can't access in your head. You're like, oh my god. And then as soon as you get this yeah. ability, you're like, I know where to go back to. And yeah. it just unlocks so much more of a game. And as the map, like, I, I found myself with each time I picked up something, I'd go to the map and scan for any kind of tunnels or anything that, that end without something, yep. like a room or something, and go... Cool, that's, I can go there now. Let's double back and get there. Um, it's, look, all, all the raving you did in that third episode is entirely justified. And anyone who accuses you of being paid by the Hollow Knight developers... Should pay me. Well, just play the fucking game and you'll understand why. Like, I, I haven't finished it. I'm currently caught between two bosses. Um, Second Hornet fight? The th- yeah, oh, yeah, second or, or third Hornet encounter, the, right. one, the one where if you f- if you beat her, she gives you the King Seal. Oh, uh, yep. And the Watcher Knights, which are like the five big beetles, where you beat the first one and then two come to life. That's right. Like, yeah. oh, I cannot handle this. There is an upgrade. I'm not sure if you got it yet, but let's not go into details. Maybe off mic. There is an upgrade that can help you significantly with that fight. Right. An okay. up- upgrade and badge combo. Right. That uh, make that fight actually kind of a breeze. I'm. 
I'm currently... I've taken a step back from both of those. Well, I've taken a step back from the game just so I had other games to talk about. <laughs> I would, this I would, episode of the I would podcast. happily do. I'm sure people would happily listen to it. Like yeah. an hour of um, I talk. But. but I'm also I I, I think I'm chasing a, a chunk of pale ore in the Colosseum of Fools just so I can get my nail up to full upgrade. I love that which, Colosseum stuff. I, 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 I'm not good enough to finish the final test. Right. But um, God, it's so much fun. What I love about that Hollow Knight it is one of those games where it's like. Oh, so you love the platforming elements? Well, there's this section here that will test your platforming to the utmost extreme. Yeah. Um, oh, you like the combat? Well, here's like this coliseum where you can just fight wave after wave of enemies. Yeah. Oh, you like boss battles? Okay, we've just made a boss battle arena where yeah. you can just fight like weird variations on all the bosses with different handicaps. And like, it's it's so, it's such an incredible game that just like, it's, it, it, it it rewards you for playing more and more of it like no other game ever has. Like, I feel like I'm a massive Nintendo head. Yes. But Nintendo, I feel like, uh, you know, there are a lot of... Uh, I feel like Hollow Knight, there's no nothing that... Like, the only reason I haven't completely... Like, I'm, I'm beyond 100% with it. I'm like 109%. Sure. I think you can get to 115% now with all because the, they just the keep adding deal, the yeah. percentages onto it. The only reason I haven't um, gotten... To you know, every, done absolutely every single thing in the game is because it's too hard. Yeah, which that's what those the you know once you've hit past one hundred percent, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Whereas like Nintendo games that I've adored, even like Breath of the Wild, the reason I haven't one hundred percent at everything is because like I can't be fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Some of that collecting stuff is is really really boring. Whereas I think maybe it is like the two D and like just how much fun it is traversing Hollow Nest. Um, yeah. With all your upgrades and all that kind of thing. Uh, it, it's it's so much fun hunting shit out. Yeah, it, it's which goes back to what I was saying. Like the more stuff you unlock, just the more going through the game because it's a huge map. But you've got the upgrades that kind of as you reveal it's the more size you reveal, the more you're given tools that shrink it in a way Absolutely, and make it yeah. super easy to kind of get around. <laughs> yeah, and there are even it's funny there are bits where like I slaved over these bits. From in a platforming sense, like trying to work my way around, and then got an upgrade where I'm like, oh, just breeze, like yeah, totally. It's, it comes to nothing. Yeah that, yeah, that that upgrade where you like crouch down and crystals appear and then you jet forward has made it like so much easier to yeah, get around totally, all these yeah. things that I spent thirty minutes being like, why can't I make this fucking jump? Um, have you done some of the challenges where you have to um, like strike with your nail and bounce off things? Um, that, that that's some of the hardest the hardest stuff I did in the game, I think. Yeah, there was definitely um, uh, in like the there's that area where there are like worms that kind of go through the game. Yeah, and yeah. I realized there are a couple of them where you can like you have to ride the worms up by yep. striking them with the nail. Yep, I did that. I, I burned a lot of yep. um, health. Me too. Getting to where it needed to go with that, but um, one of yeah, that's one of the, that's a really super challenging part. But whatever, it's it's such a it, you don't have to do those things. You yeah, know what I mean, but you will be rewarded if you do. That was I think that was the funny thing is I spent ages getting that down just to find at the end like oh it's a geo rock that I break <laughs> over for twenty five gym like why did I do that? Uh, but still, I've re- that's the weird thing. I've reached a point where I've bought everything in the stores, so now I just have this like four thousand geo stash that I'm carrying around with me. There is something that you can spend it on. I'll tell you about it off mic. Okay, cool. But there's something you can enable and uh, with that comes a new store which which is 
actually very useful. Right. And what you should do because that'll actually make one of the flights you've got a lot easier. Okay. I am the Hollow Knight De- law master. Yeah, delightfully vague for the, <laughs> for the podcast. God, what a great game. Yeah, it's so good. It's like, I think that's another one over the Christmas holidays that I'm going to return to and try... I mean, half my problem is I just approach boss fights like a dickhead. Yeah, like, you... I need to be tactical about them, but I'm just like, ah, hit them as many times as I can. One of the most helpful things I read, like, when I was stuck at, like, you know, the first Hornet fight, I'm like, fuck, I always meant to get past this. And it was just someone said, like, yeah, don't attack her. Just defend yourself. Right. And for every three times you defend yourself, attack her. Yeah. So it was like you just learn, and that way you just learn how to dodge all of her attacks so well, and then you're like, okay, cool. Then you can start getting cocky, yeah. getting a few strikes. Well, in. that's that's the thing with the second Hornet fight is she starts putting like spiky little mines in the air that yeah. make it. I'm like, oh, just let me dodge. But um, there is a, there's DLC coming up. The final DLC is going to be a Hornet um story mission. Oh, you play as Hornet. I, I, I don't know exactly what. It's, it's, right. it's something related to Hornet. That's Hornet, and I love everything about Hornet. So. Yeah. Um. So yes, we've gushed about it before and we've gushed about it now. Hollow I'll do Knight. it again because yeah. the Game of the Year episode's coming up. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Guess what my number one is, everybody. <laughs> All right, what you got, Levs? Uh, so uh, I didn't play that many new games uh, this month. Um, I feel like it's been a little quieter on the, uh, you know, comparatively quieter yeah, on the uh, on the Switch store. There've been a lot of um, ports finally coming to Switch. And so a lot of the games I'm be talking about are quite old. Um, including uh, a game that is uh, near and dear to your heart. Um, Very. It it came uh, came to um, Switch for the first time. Um, two of their games, actually. This is a game um, developed by uh, Supergiant Games. Their first is it their first game. Yes, so I think ba- Bastion. Ba- yeah, Bastion is the game. Uh, I think is- I think Supergiant are like another god tier indie developer. Yeah, so Super so Supergiant ported um, Bastion and Transistor. Yeah. To the Switch uh, in the last month. Um, and uh, they're both like kind of top down uh, RPG a- action games. Yeah. That's um, fair. But they're both fairly different. Um, oh, I mean, they're both they're like very uh, like strong story that's um, narrated by a character as you do as you play the game. Yeah. Which makes them unique. It's narrated by the same voice actor as well. Oh, really? Um, Doing both. I assume so. They're very, very similar voices. I'm, you, you probably played them with years apart from each other. Yeah, but yeah, I'm yeah. going from one to the other, I'm like, oh, it's just the same dude doing a different accent. Right, okay. <laughs> um, but Bastion, you play uh, like uh, someone who's just known as the kid uh, who is kind of put in charge with uh, basically like saving the world by re-putting, by, by putting back together the Bastion, which yes. is like a, like a world engine or something. It's like? kind of, it's, it was like an emergency sort of, the the kid wakes up to his world collapsing around him and yeah is tasked with sort of like he makes it to this safe space known as the bastion and he rebuilds like a crystal i think that's right yeah and the crystal is has the energy to kind of put the world back to how it was like the story it's not that amazing like that that amazing a story at the heart of it but it's told so well because you have basically as you do everything this like Salty, kind of like raspy voiced yeah. Tom Waitsian narrator, like old prospector kind of yeah. character, uh, kind of yeah, basically like you know telling telling you little bits about where you are as you do things. Mm. Uh, and what's fantastic about this game is that is the weapons. Um, there's like twelve different weapons that yeah. you acquire over the course of the game, and you can level them all up. There's so much you can upgrade in this game, um, and uh, just so much stuff to like you know it encourages you to collect 
you know, the currency of the game and then just spend it, spend it, spend it, yeah. making making your gameplay experience more richer. Um, it was the perfect game to play after playing so much Undertale yeah, because uh, it's, you know, very uh, real-time. Yes, that you are very, like, very action-based. And uh, you're just, yeah, constantly attacking wave after wave of enemies and... Uh, that like and just like yeah like uh trialing new weapons and figuring yeah. out which is the best loadout for you because you can carry two weapons at once yeah um so so, you- so it might be that you want like a fast weapon like a machete and then something a bit more slow but more powerful like a cannon or a or you know a fi- crossbow, a flame, or- crossbow flamethrower something like that and then each weapon you also have like challenge levels with them yeah um, and there's a lot to do in this game, but it's one of those games where, like, once you visit an area, you can't return to it. Yeah. So it, it's it's a game that encourages you to have a new game plus and do multiple playthroughs of, um, which I may, I may do at some point. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed my time with it. Um, I loved the combat. I loved all the weapons, and um, I thought the music was really great too. And the overall visual style is um, is is charming, even though it it feels like derivative of a lot of kind of like top-down action games mm-hmm. um it still had enough of its own charm for it to stand out yeah uh the art is lush yeah i love definitely. the art of it it's it's beautiful soundtrack's really great as well mm-hmm. um i have this i haven't bought it on switch yet but i have it on pc xbox and uh ios right um just because anytime it came out on a new like i think it was an xbox release originally sure um but yeah any any time it sort of popped up on like oh it's on the ios store buy immediately buy it yeah well, um, it, it originally came out in 2011 yeah and now it's pretty much everywhere um i i love playing this i played it entirely portable like i do pretty much oh, every, every game i talk about of the course. show um but uh i can't imagine how this would play because, I mean, so did the next game we're going to talk about, their other game, um, Transistor, came out on iOS as well. And I can't imagine playing either of them on phone. I, I don't think... I, I just don't think you see phone as a really gaming platform. No, no, I do. But like, I, the, the, well, it's just... The, there's, a, there's so many... There's, the, vir- the virtual controls. Oh, I hate you're ta- virtual controls. You're talking so. to a man who finished VVVVV on, on oh iOS. Like, yep. Yep. I'm, I'm, I think you missed out a V. It's, it's six Vs. Yeah. Um... <laughs> You know, yeah, oh, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Don't get confused, man. Yeah. Five Vs is an entirely different game. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it just it's being used to virtual controls essentially. But, yeah, um, right. But I love I love Bastion. The gameplay is like that. You know, it's snappy. That dodge roll is really great. Yep. Like excellent dodge just, roll. Just a really well one of those like it was one of those defining games in the Xbox 360 era that like. Uh, I believe it was an Xbox exclusive back then. Um, has it has it stayed that way? Apart from iOS, I think it's on PS4. Oh, it's on it's on, it's on, yeah. yeah, so it was one Switch. of those like defining games in the Xbox 360 era. I think it was a an exclusive when it was released. Um, yeah, so yeah, it was uh, it was 360 um, in August 2011. Yeah, and then uh, so I'm I'm. I'm so glad it got a Switch release. It's it's an it's one of those games where it's this is perfect for Switch. Wasn't made available for PlayStation until 2015. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Um, so yeah, yeah Bas- Bastion is a heavy recommend from me. Yeah, definitely. And I, if you haven't played it before, you you should 100% pick it up. If you got, I love my time with it on Switch. It was a yeah. great. Or even way to if, play. You, if you're on. If you're on PC, or if you're on um, on anything, it's everywhere. on the console. If a, you haven't played it yet, play it. Give it a crack. Uh, so Transistor is uh, the game that came out two weeks after that on Switch, which is a game that, that Supergiant released in 2014. Um, it is a uh, a sci-fi kind of Blade Runner esque, yeah, sort of Art Deco Blade Runner. 
essentially. Where you are, you, you play as a, a singer in a band who's uh, like your guitarist or whatever at, at some point is, is murdered and his soul is merged with a giant sword. Yes, a sword that is like a transistor... Um, it's like a, a electronics board, essentially. That's right. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you can upgrade your 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 transistor, your sword, um, mm. with all these crazy different weapon upgrades that do different things. So, again, it is another game that encourages you to uh, experiment with different weapon loadouts um, as yeah. you play through the game and figuring out which which kind of attacks you want for your game. It's also, I mean, there's a from my memory of it, it's very like. Plot-wise, you're kind of in this world that is collapsing as well. Yes. Um, and weirdly and- enough, the upgrades you get for your weapon are kind of the souls of people from the world. Um, That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of whom were trying to kill you. Also worth mentioning the character you play, the singer, her voice has been stolen. So she's a she's another silent, oh, silent right, of protagonist. Course. Yeah, yeah. But the... Uh- and the soul of your of your of yeah. your bandmate who lives in the sword is the narrator of the yeah. game, of this game. Yeah. So it's very reminiscent of uh, of Bastion in that way, as you you know. You, but but he he talks to you a lot personally. The the yeah. difference is like where where the narrator of Bastion is kind of like you know this kind of storybook esque narrator. This is a yeah. very personal like he's he's lamenting his life as he talks to you about what you're doing. Yeah. Bast- Bastion comments on the situation, whereas. Yeah, the narrator in Transistor speaks directly to you, the player, as the character. That's you right. Are. Yeah, it's really cool. I, I love that. Like that's that's a trope of you know, the, the two two of their games that yeah. they played so far. I think it works really really well. The biggest difference between Transistor and, and Bastion is that uh, it encourages you can play it um, entirely real time mm. if you want, but you can also uh, hit the right trigger. I'm not sure what it is on other consoles, sure. but um, and that pauses. The rest of the world, and you can essentially mop out, map out three attacks that you do yeah. as almost like a turn-based um, strategy kind of way, where you kind of yeah, like move to one enemy, attack them, move to another enemy, attack them, and then hit like initiate, and it goes like bang, 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 yeah. and then you have like this cooldown period where you've got to avoid everyone else's attacks before you can yeah uh, go Which into is, that mode again. Just mainly spent just running around like crazy. Yeah, trying, totally trying to build back up your power. So you've kind of mentioned in the past that you don't love Transistor as much as Bastion. I think I just feel like the immediacy of the combat in Bastion is more satisfying. I'll give you that, that for sure. Than that, like trade-off between turn, like a sort <laughs> of semi-turn-based and real-time in Transistor. There's such a depth to Transistor though that I've not experienced in any other game. Like, like you know. In, in this style of game, I, I, I was caught caught off guard by by how cool I thought this like weird system is, and like you really do like okay for this battle, you know what? Fuck it, I'm not going to use that mode at all. And then like towards the end, you're like, no, I need to use the mode. I need to use the mode. Like yeah, it's great. And I think I think the world of Bastion, I may of uh, the world of Transistor, I maybe like a little bit more than Bastion. Mm-hmm. I think it's just more, it's more kind of beautifully realized. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, this is this is not to say that I think Transistor is a horrible game. I think it's a fantastic game, um, but yeah, I just think, particularly if you if you're coming off Bastion, for me, that the the change of combat for Transistor is a bit jarring, maybe, um, and also the way that like if you get damaged enough in Transistor, you'll lose. 
Oh yeah, you, you lose you your lose upgrades. Access one... to your upgrades. I love that though. That's really? so great because then you're like, like, oh my god, fuck, and you and you and you, it... you finish a battle like by the skin of your teeth. Like it's yeah. so cool. It... But the thing from memory, like you finish the battle and it doesn't reset those upgrades. Those upgrades. Well, you've are... got to, you've got to find computers that will then upgrade for you. Like yeah. So, you, but it's rare that I've not so far, and I'm seventy five percent throughout through this game. Mm. Um, I've I've not like had a boss encounter immediately after a boss encounter. So yeah. not having those upgrades for a moment doesn't affect you too much. I will say this as well. I think the enemies in Bastion have a lot more personality than the enemies in Transistor. Because the whole, like, all the Transistor no. uh, stuff yeah, is okay. sort of... All the Transistor stuff is sort of themed on computer processes. Like, the, the random enemies are the, the bosses that you fight. Oh, the, bo- the bosses... Because they actually used to be people that you yeah, knew. Yeah, that you knew. There's, there's this whole, like... There's this sort of mafia-esque... It's group so good in yeah. the town. Like the story is the story is incredible. But yeah, a lot of the just base enemies are like little sort of computer programs rendered like various bugs or whatnot that after a while you're just kinda like, oh, okay, another bunch of these guys. But yeah, so Sebastian I was like absolutely loving. I couldn't believe how hooked I got straight away. I couldn't put it down for three days. Sure. Red Dead Redemption came out. While we were at PAX, and I, um, I didn't play it for three days because I wanted to finish Bastion first. <laughs> nice. Um, and then uh, I was almost finished Transistor when Pokemon came out, and uh, enough people were like, kind of like bugging me about Pokemon that I was like, ah, oh, okay, I'll play some yeah. Pokemon. Um, and I'm almost finished that now, so I'll go back to Transistor once I finish that. Okay, that's yeah. cool. Um, yeah, would you say Transistor is a must play as well? Like, uh, yeah, I mean, Bastion and Transistor. I, I think I, the immediacy of Bastion, I think, makes it more, the more appealing game. Sure. But I definitely more, like Transistor more ex- as much. More accessible. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But if, you, if you're if you wildly into Bastion, then d- then definitely give Transistor yeah. a crack. Transi- it's, Bastion it's as isn't, isn't complicated, whereas yeah. Transistor definitely takes a minute to get your head around. And I'm not yeah, sure if I entirely bit, have. Bit more of a thinker. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, so we'll go from two games that have been out for a, a while to a game that a new game that came out over the course of the last month and um, a rarity, I think, for uh, all the small games. It's a mobile game. Um, I'm talking about Kingdom Rush Vengeance, which is the fourth game in the Kingdom Rush series. And It's made by Ironhide Games, Iron, Game yep. Studio, which you learned from Uruguay. Uruguay, which is wild and just, again, proves that there's there's nothing more international than indie games. <laughs> They're all over the map. Um, if if you own an iOS and you haven't played a Kingdom Rush game, if like a, if you own an iPhone, yeah, who calls it an iOS? iOS, um, or even Android, and you haven't played a Kingdom Rush game, that's just nuts. Like these guys are Kingdom Rush is the creme de la creme of the tower defense genre. So I remember getting one like when I when I got my first iPhone, yeah, and I didn't never played the tower defense version because it came with a um, like a brawler mode that reminded me of like Castle Crashes. Okay, I swear, I, but I can't find any evidence of this ever existing. Yeah. So I might I may have swapped a bit. Like the character designs look the same. Everything looks the same, and I remember it had Kingdom in the title. Right. So if anyone can think of what that might be, <laughs> hit us up on our Twitter at the small uh, all at the small all game. the small game, or go to our Facebook page, uh, which Facebook.com is slash all the small games, and, or email us at all the small games at gmail.com. Thank you. If you if you know anything about what Evans is talking about, because I certainly don't. Um, yeah. So if if you're unfamiliar, Tower Defense is a game where enemies come down a path, and you can build different types of buildings on the side of that path to attack them. Um, 
uh, so they've made some interesting changes to this fourth iteration in that in previous games you would upgrade the towers. You like you had basic arrow tower, soldier tower, bomb tower, and magic tower. Mm-hmm. You'd upgrade them three times, and then you'd have the option to go like, oh, okay, so I want a... Like, if you upgrade arrows three times, you're like, I can choose a crossbow tower, or I can choose, like, a forest archer tower that will have different special abilities to help you in your fight. In this new one... Oh, and you also have... You control a hero in each game. Uh, you control a hero on each level, and the hero you can move about, they can attack people. They have special powers as well. There In the previous games, you had a wide variety of heroes you could choose from. Um three or four that were came with the game and then a bunch that you could purchase. Right. In this new game, they've added a new wrinkle, which is towers. So instead of having four basic towers that you upgrade and then get to choose from, you know, you eight different towers you can choose from when you've upgraded them all. Now you have a huge variety of towers that you can choose. Oh, instead of an arrow tower, I want a boomerang tower for this level. Or instead of like... Instead of a magic that shoots fireballs, I want something that makes magic lightning instead. You right. can switch them out. But when you upgrade them all the way, you don't have that choice at the end, which is a little bit... I it took a little bit to get my head around initially. Sure. And it does seem like... Because you have a bunch of free towers that you get with the game, and then there's another bunch that you can buy. So this is a free, get, free mobile no, game? No, oh. not free. You pay for the game. So how much is the game? Uh, probably about... Six bucks, seven bucks. Okay. And then each of the upgrades is... Oh, like... Some towers range from like five bucks to buy one tower all the way up to like, it's 14 bucks for this tower. Hmm. Like it's... it's The beauty is, and I'll, I'll pay this, you can finish the entire game with the base heroes and towers that you get. And is that what you did? Yes. I have not... Beyond buying the game, which is 100% worth the price, I have not put any more money into this game. Okay, cool. Interesting. So, yeah, it is $7.99. Yeah, and I played, I've played through to the final level. Um, they've, the final level as well, they've changed up a bit. Normally, it's just like you face down a massive boss. This one is a two-part, like you spend all this time building up your defenses on the level and then something happens and it swipes through to a totally new level that you then have to build up all your defenses again. Um, and then the, the final boss battle is sort of the, the Vesnan, who is the... Oh, I'll get to that in a sec. But the person you're controlling creates a giant unit that then starts marching across the battlefield. The enemy creates a giant unit and you kind of have to shepherd your giant unit through to the, like, through to the other side. Where you win the game. Um, yeah, shepherding your giant unit. <laughs> yeah. Um, another big change is you play as the bad guys this time. Oh, that's like fine. all three previous games has sort of developed this story about um, King, this king, King Dennis, and his attempts to sort of fight evil threats. And in the early games, you have a side, you have like your wizard, Vesnan, but then. Over the course of three games, Vesnan kind of betrays you and becomes evil. This game, you're playing as Vesnan, trying to take down the king. Oh, that's awesome. Which is kind of like, oh, cool, okay, that's that's like... Okay, I've, I've always wanted a Zelda game where you play as Ganon. Yeah, that would be... It's it's interesting to do that, to, to turn it around and play as the villain. Um, well, side note, I'm also very much considering buying Diablo 3 for Switch. Do it. Okay, cool. Because that, that. it's... 
play one Diablo game in your life. Like, it's such, yeah, a, yeah. it's such a... I've played, like, one and a bit of two. Because like, he plays, like, the devil, right? Or, like, a demon or something. That's what Diablo is? Is he a demon? No, yeah. Diablo is your fighting oh, demon. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, but as I... I think as we had a conversation, very, very similar-ish to Bastion in terms of gameplay style. It is. Well, yeah. fucking hell, I've got to get it straight away. Not... Maybe not as... Just just buy it. Just play a fucking Diablo game, man. All right, bro. Jesus. Yeah, jeez. Um... Look, I'm I, Iron. Like I said, Ironhide have they they their games define the tower defense genre. Like there are a lot of other lot of other tower defense games out there, but none of them have done it in such a great package as Ironhide have. Um, uh, similar, I guess, in a way to like Angry Birds defines the kind of pull and fling style of game better than any like all the imitators. Kingdom Rush is the Angry Birds. <laughs> like a classic genre of pull and fling. Yeah. But, yeah, they no one's done it better than Ironhide have with Kingdom Rush. What about, like, uh, Plants vs. Zombies? Would you consider that a, a tower defense game? It's it's a remix of it, and it's a very good remix, but it's not... It's it's sort of gameplay-wise different from a classic tower defense game. All those PopCap pop games got fucked because EA bought, bought, bought PopCap and monetized them all, right? Yep. Yeah, right. um, yeah. Like Peggle Two or whatever is like just so unplayable because yeah. of all the bullshit. And so was it. so was like EA bought them and just went, how can we put pay to play on this? And it was very similar with Plants vs Zombies Two. The first one of Plants vs Zombies game is so fun. Yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. Yeah. That's why, like, that's why I was saying with Ironhide, I'm I appreciate that they've added this new thing of you can buy towers as well as heroes as a new kind of income stream and to anyone who wants to buy them knock yourself out but to anyone who doesn't want to spend any hey everyone i've been on the go recently phoenix kansas city chicago if you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home you have an airbnb Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or 
or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. For money, totally fine. You can beat the game with what you've got. Cool. Which is, which is great. Know. That's such a great way to go about it. Sick. Cool. Well, last I've got here, Rogue Legacy. Uh, yes, classic. I'm, in, I'm intrigued about this classic indie game. Um, yeah, these next few reviews are gonna be pretty quick because I didn't play too much of them. But sure. um, Rogue Legacy is kind of like the the uh, the kind of beginning of this roguelike obsession that indie developers have had. Okay. Um, it it came out in 2013. Uh, developed by Cellador Games. Um, it's available everywhere now, but it just came out on the Switch in this last month. Um, and basically, you play as a, a soldier um, who gets access to a um, randomly generated castle that you've got to fight a bunch of monsters in. Uh, you die very, very quickly as you enter new rooms uh, filled with different traps and hazards and, and monsters. Um, and uh, when you die, this is where the legacy part comes in. Um, you basically then play on as like your next of kin. Um, and I so, think I've played this. I would say so. Like this definitely, like this definitely looks like a game that would be heavily reduced on Steam that you would just pick up. Oh, something, because of, something in a very similar vein. Well, I mean, you can tell, you can see how this influenced, like a game like Dead Cells, a game like sure. um, uh, uh, Flint Hook. Yep. Um, there are there are elements of 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 both of those games that you can tell are heavily influenced by by Rogue Legacy. Um, but there's an amazing humor to Rogue Legacy and just a very addictive play loop where, like, even if you're not that good at it, you amass, like, enough treasure when you die to buy an upgrade to make you stronger or have better weapons when you next do another little playthrough. Sure. And so you're always getting slightly better stuff and then, you know, hopefully getting better skills and learning enemy patterns so you can survive longer in the castle. Yeah. Um, you can do cool, fun things like... Um, uh, sac- like give up 50% of your earnings by having this guy lock the castle so you can play in the same castle repeatedly right, okay. and stop the random generation. Okay. Um, and uh, there's also like, yeah, the, you can unlock different people that hang out in the area in between, like almost purgatory basically, um, that help you upgrade your gear and like um, you can enable different runes on your weapons and stuff like that. Cool. Uh, it's fucking great. I can see it's it's definitely a kind of game that you would recommend to someone that just wants to play the same thing forever. Right, right. Because <laughs> sure. I can see get myself getting so obsessive with it. But it also is like these kinds of games like, well, I could do another 10 runs of this or I could play a game that has a beginning, middle and end. Sure. Um, but uh, this is... Flinthook still like the god tier um, roguelike game for mine so far. Right. Um, mostly because it has... It, has an outcome that all of these other games don't. I mean, they yeah. all they all have endpoints, but Flint Hook's endpoint feels achievable in a way that none of the other games do. Sure, sure. Binding of Isaac, I really love, um, and uh, I, look, I, I've, I have a lot of like like not regrets, but like oh, I've got to go give that more a bigger chance. And Dead Cells is definitely at the top of my list for 2018 of games that I need to give a bigger chance to. Right? Yeah, totally. But uh, Rogue Legacy uh, is right up there with like you know the best of the roguelikes that I've played so far. It's, it's, uh, it doesn't look like much graphically, like, you know, you, you, the, you play as this like kind of goofy looking, you know, armored knight mm. wielding a sword around, hitting these kind of like unimaginative monsters. But, uh, there's a charm to it. And, yeah. uh, it's a very well put together game in terms of gameplay and the, the loop will, will hook you good. I take it back. I don't think I've played rogue legacy, but I've played a game that's very clearly inspired by it. 
I think that it's one of those games where, like, if you die in the castle, you're, you know, next of kin or, like, your kind of descendant comes yep. and plays. But with each playthrough, you've got kind of, like, you might get a knight that is um, short-sighted. Yeah, this is Rogue Legacy. Oh, this is Rogue Legacy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I've played Rogue Legacy. Yeah, yeah, cool. There you cool. go. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, they all have different ailments. And some, yeah. of, some of them are like, you know, like, this person is gassy. Yeah, this night, so yeah, you, and, and yeah, there's yeah. like a, a brown cloud following you around yeah. in the game. It's like, yeah, it's funny, it's good, and like you can kind of see the the family tree of just all these dead knights that yeah. you've accidentally killed in your in your adventures. Cool. Yeah, I played this a, a long time ago on Steam. Um, all these roguelikes are perfect for Switch because they're just games that you can buy. They're relatively low in space. You just keep them on your system and when you feel like having 15 minutes, yeah. you just go and have another crack. Bust out a run. Yep. What should we? What, what do we got next? What? Um, so, uh, last month you talked about Zavot. Yeah. Um, which is a game that you finished. Um, I did. It's a very strange game where you play um, uh, a cube um, who... Uh, who is trying to cheer up another cube yep. uh, alongside another f- another cube, um, <laughs> and you, you buy the sad cube a present, and then you lose the presents. So then you have to get all the presents back one level at a time while fighting these uh, uh, other enemies in like these weird spaces. You, you're, you're essentially you have like a laser gun with like various yeah. ways of firepower. Um, the kind of arcadey shooting like shmup kind of uh, gameplay is fun. Yeah. Um, and then the story stuff is like is weird in a way that's like almost fun. Yeah. But the two are so drastically different in tone and pacing that I don't understand why they're together in this game. And I think they both they work against each other. Yeah. In a way that made me enjoy both sides of the game less. Sure, I totally understand that. It's you you definitely plays the straight man. You're a blue cube and the yellow cube. Who is all your cubes compa- are straight? Like yeah, true. Yeah. Um, the the series. You're thinking of spheres. The series. <laughs> this podcast is over. <laughs> um, yeah, you play kind of as a serious cube, and the yellow cube, who's your companion, is definitely the like wacky one. Yeah, but that but cube fucks everything up for you, and like all yeah, the, things just happen in the story that are just like ugh. Like I look. As as kind of I love stories in games. The story in this frustrated me. One of the most frustrating things was explain what the fucking enemies are. Like you don't need to give me a huge backstory, but just give me. They say like, oh, it's the oh the the grilly the Grizzians are around. I can't remember the exact term they use, but they're just like the Grizzians are around today. And I'm like, okay, well, explain why they attack me on what. What's going and like on? yeah, I mean, like, you can die in this game, but then the story will be like, oh, I've got to get a coffee cup for this character for no reason. Yeah, it's very it's it's very surreal in the way it's kind of put together. I wish I liked it more because like this is kind of game that like this like not really giving a fuck kind of yeah. game that normally appeals to me, but it, I like both both things just like were were too different that it just really annoyed me. Yeah, and even like the combat, as you said, is fun. But there are, like... Because you have... You can shoot a normal kind of laser. You can charge the laser up and shoot a heavy one. That one's fine. And there's, like, a chomp move. There's a chomp that's move. That's really just slow, and it slows down everything. And yeah, I wasn't it's, into it. it's difficult to pull off correctly. There's also... As you get further in the game, there are, like... I always thought of them as zombie enemies that you kind of need to... You need to hit them with a weapon to turn them back into normal enemies to be able to kill them. Yes, yeah, yeah. But the only weapon I found was this, like, circular beam that you extend out with you as the center. And it was so fucking hard to be precise with that. 
that it just got really frustrating having to deal with. Yeah, I, I can't believe you finished this game. I mean, this is a game that I was just like, I don't need to finish this one. I, yeah, I'm out. I put I put my back into it. I wanted to, it was one of those like uh, I've got to finish something. There's a lot to like in this game. I just think it was it, it was it's two very different games in one. Yeah. I think if it was like a kind of fun, kind of sweet night in the woods esque kind of story game, and then also like a uh, like what was that f- fucking crazy shapes game, the shooter um, game that I talked about earlier in the year. Uh, oh, um, the game rules. I know the one you were talking about. I can't remember the title of it though, which is frustrating. But it was like yeah, this kind of like it was much. It was it was definitely a two D kind of shooter game where you played as a like a square versus other other shapes. Um, there it is. Where are you, Blades? No, it's not called. The fuck was it called? Must be the next one. It was a bit earlier. We're just looking up the title now because can't. Man, we we talk about a lot of games on this uh, on this podcast. We have. Was it earlier than earlier than the top ten best of? <laughs> it definitely wasn't. Um, maybe, I, thought, I, I thought it was during this month here. Yeah. Maybe Epi Six or something. Oh, this is not this is not good. Flat Heroes. Flat Heroes. Flat Heroes. Yeah, cool. I, I I enjoyed because that is like yeah, you essentially playing like a a shape running away from other shapes and like with the, like you know bullet hell kind of stuff going yeah. on in that. Uh, I, I enjoyed that more than the combat in uh, in Zor- in Zarbot. Oh, one hundred percent. So I was like, I should either play Night in the Woods or I should be playing Flat Heroes instead of playing this. Cool. Yeah. Yep, I agree. I agree with all your all your um. Uh, opinions Great All Definitely. of them Fantastic Cool Yeah Great um, Moonlighter Moonlighter Okay that's an- another game That just came to Switch um, It was released uh, Earlier in the year um, And uh, It is developed By uh, Digital Sun It came out um, On uh, PC PlayStation 4 And uh, Xbox In uh, in May this year And just came to Switch uh, This month The start of this month um, uh, yeah, it was developed by Digital Sun, published by 11-Bit Studios, um, and it is—it's a lot of things. It's—it's it's it's a odd, game of systems. It's an odd, com- yeah. It's an odd combination of systems. You essentially play as like oh, what's your name, like Tony of Moonlight or something. Yeah, yeah. You can have a name. Anyway, you, not Link. You own a shop in a village, and this village has nearby uh, a bunch of doors that access dungeons. Yes, there's a dungeon crawler where yeah. you where you basically fight a bunch of monsters, pick mine up, some pick resources, up pick up loot. There's loot all through it. Take the loot back to your shop, set a price for the loot mm. <coughs> that keeps customers happy. happy but also not like also that it's, it's a bit, you've also got to make enough profit as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, you need to find the balance where, like, the customer will pay the price you're setting, but the price you're setting also means that you wind up with gold for it. Which I found a bit weird because it's like, if you, you're not spending money to buy this stuff, so there's no real, like, yeah, was, loss yeah, loop it, in it's there. It's like you have to, like, make rent either. Mm. Um, I, I just, it's... It's a huge game. For me, it was like, it wasn't... I just played it at the wrong time of the month. Like yeah. I, I, I played it in like in between Bastion and Transistor. Yeah. Um, and I just like because I, I, I whenever I play, see, it, I was like, oh hell yeah, like a dungeon crawler that that'll be fun. But um, it the it it's too much to get your head around the selling of everything. That was yeah. That was the system that that tr- I had trouble with the most because it was. One, I think the kind of the way you interact with that system is not necessarily very well designed. Like I, something would, 
I was hoping I'd put like six of an item on the table and set the price at 100. And what I was thinking is customers would come in and pick up one and take it to the counter and buy it. But what they do is pick up all six, meaning that I suddenly have an empty space in my sales area. Yep. And I'd have to run over and like put something down again yeah, quickly. Yeah, it's like, weird. I, I, I was hoping that it would be like, okay, I've got a ton of stuff here. It will sell out gradually, but it would just sell out immediately and I'd have to re-up, essentially. I saw a lot of people comparing it to Stardew Valley as well, in that it's the, the loop gets you addicted a la that. Oh, um, I, but and I think there are other stores and things in the town like that you can interact with yeah, as well. Yeah, I, I definitely... I unlocked like a, a, a blacksmith and I think a magic shop. I didn't have a, like, and I went to the blacksmiths and it was like, okay, you want a better sword and shield? Bring me this many of this resource, this many oh, of this, this yeah, much sure. money, that kind of thing, which is all well and good. But I just found like, as it was explaining the, the operating my shop part of the game, they were piling so many details on me so kind of quickly where it's like, okay, so you need to set a price. The price needs to make the customer happy. If it's too much, it makes the customer sad. If it's too little, the customer gets money hungry and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But at the same time, popularity of an item and how much you've sold of it can affect how much price you should set. I'm just like, oh, this is an economics lecture. What the hell? And like at, the, at, the, at its core, the, the mechanics of like the combat when you're in the dungeon is not that interesting. It's, it's really not like it's not... It's not fun or chunky enough to justify like, oh, I need to get back into the dungeon because that's really fun. And then I'll deal Look, with the economics. Who thing. knows? Maybe we were an hour away from it clicking. It dope or something. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it does, it, I, think, I wasn't in the right mood for it, the few hours yeah, that I put into it. I think it's one, of those, it's one of those games that I need to kind of maybe give a little bit more. Maybe honestly start again from the very beginning and, and kind of because I've had a little bit of experience pay a lot more attention during the kind of tutorial stuff I think to get more of the nuance. I, I would maybe watch like a, you know, a 10 minute let's play or, or yeah, guide yeah. of someone playing it well and going, Oh, right. Okay. Could sure. Do that as well. Yeah. But I don't, I think my, my, um, Sharona. My, my complaint, I guess, or my, my issue with the way you kind of run your shop, I think that will be something that I, I grate against the whole time I play. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just make, make shop management a little bit more easier kind of thing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that, that was what was putting me off. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I, again, it's another game that I, I, I feel like I need to put more time into. Yeah. But there's a lot of games, John. Maybe. There's too many games. Maybe this is something in a couple of eps we return to and, and I am gonna, yeah, give I, a definitive. Eh, oh. Yeah. Uh, at the very least, I'm going to watch. I'm going to find a good video yeah. of someone explaining, uh, you know, how, how to play well. Yeah. And to get my head around it. Sometimes that's what, you know, games require. Yeah. We can't all be geniuses. This is true. Um, so you showed me a game when I got here today called Please Don't Touch Anything. Yes. Uh, which originally came uh, to uh, PC, to PC, Steam. Um, PC and iOS. In March 2015. Uh, since then, it's uh, come to uh, iOS. And uh, now, of course, like all games, has come to Switch. The Switch. But every time, every iteration of this game, uh, they add more things to it. So there's yeah. like... So basically, yeah. Tell me about the concept of the game because it's very so, so, cool and unique. So it's basically, it's called Please Don't Touch Anything... The, the story, if you will, is you start the game in front of this blank panel with a big red button on it and someone telling you, hey, I've just got to pop out of this room for a second. Can you stay and keep an eye? While you're here, please don't touch anything. 
So, of course, the first thing you do is touch something, and the one thing you've got to touch is that big red button. So you hit the big red button, and it brings a switch up. And if you flip the switch, a red light starts flashing on and off. And then if you press the button again... Oh, on at the top of this control panel, there is a screen showing a kind of 8-bit outline of a city. Or is it? Or is it that like? Is that your view of the outside world, or no? It's supposedly yeah. yeah it's yeah. your view of what's happening outside. So if you press this red button, flip the switch that pops up, and then press the red button again, the little city will show a mushroom cloud over it, and you've apparently just launched a nuke. The thing is, if you press the button, the little switch pops up, but you ignore the switch and press the button again, another part of the control panel will open, showing something else. Maybe it'll be like a nine-digit numbered keypad might be another set of switches or it might be a set of colored buttons and that kind of stuff. And then if you hammer the, the button like 10 times, a little drawer opens up with a screwdriver in it. Mm. And then as you look around the room, there are clues all over the walls yeah. that might link to uh, you know, different ways you can push the buttons and, and uh, patterns and stuff like that. Yeah, so there's like there's four, there'll be four digit things on various, like kind of blended into the environment so it looks natural. Like, it might be something scribbled on a whiteboard, but it'll have, like, numbers circled in that thing, or it'll be a sequence of colours in the room. You have to kind of look around and explore your surroundings to get a better idea of, like, okay, so how do I solve this puzzle? And the, the kind of loop of the game is you're meant to discover various ways that you sort of destroy the city outside. So when it was released on iOS, it was very kind of, like, very simple sort of 16-bit graphics... Uh, since they've released it on Switch, I think it was a, a port because they made a VR version of it. Right. So I think the one on Switch is a port of the VR version, which is where you can now like rotate 360 in the room and look around you and there's like other stuff happening in the room and whiteboards and cupboards and all this kind of stuff. And uh, there are, you know, there's like five more ways you can destroy the town. Yes. Like five endings, essentially. So it's gone the, the... like from 25 on the iOS version. They've added five new endings. They've they've changed up some of the puzzles, so it's not necessarily like oh I did thing. this on I yep. did this on iOS I can do this now. Um, it's it's fun. It's if you like a puzzle game, this is definitely you know something to check out. Yeah, I, I really enjoy. It. I think I'm going to pick this one up because it is like it was very intriguing in a way that like Stanley Parable was many yeah. years ago. Uh, so if you weren't a fan of that, as I know a lot of people weren't, they found it too clever for the, for its own good. Uh, I was a massive fan of it. Yeah, fuck those guys. <laughs> please, Parable's please don't great. touch. It. It's like it's like a it's it's a you know cheeky clever game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, game in inverted commas, but yeah, it's a fun puzzle. And there's uh, cool little like I found one that references the movie Office Space. There's an ending that like, and each time you end, you get a little. A little kind of postcard postcard that you put up on your wall that reflects what ending you got. Like the the initial one where you launch a nuke, you get like a picture of a mushroom with I like mushrooms because of the mushroom cloud. Yep. Finding a office space one, it gave me a red swing line stapler that I got to put on top of my thing. So it's oh, nice that's getting great. all these little that's souvenirs for yeah, all the fun. things. Um, it's developed by Four Quarters. Which is a Russian um, game studio. Yeah, right. Shout sure. out to International Indies. Um, and uh, it's a very, very uh, intercontinental episode of uh, mm. all the small games. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I'll be picking that one up. It's cool. Yeah, please, please don't touch anything. I think it's like fifteen bucks Australian yeah. on the Switch store. Probably cheaper elsewhere, but as we said, the Switch version is the definitive version. I think maybe. Indeed, I'd say that. Uh, okay, that would be a fun one to play in VR as well. Yeah. Um, so I have been um, looking desperately for a great new platform to play on Switch platformer to yeah. play on Switch because that's when I'm at my happiest. Um, you know, like the messenger 
um, was was a ton of fun. Uh, I, I played through all of the um, Shovel Knight games at sure. the start of the year. I just love having one of those game a game like that on the go. Yeah. Um, and uh, there've been a lot of good ones this year on the Switch, and I'm in a mo- at a point now where I, I, I don't have one to play right. uh, and so I've been trying to find one that I like um, and someone recommended Alwa's Awakening which is uh, a game that came out um, at the end of uh, end of September so yeah I, I only just got into it um, in the last month uh, it's uh, published and developed by Elden Pixels um, and it didn't quite scratch the itch it was a lot slower okay. than, I, than I, what I wanted um, it's uh, kind of very much harkening back to uh, your 8-bit Ness uh, era, um, maybe like a Castlevania or Ghouls of Go- Ghouls and Goblins kind of speed of movement. Right. But uh, you know that you've got a lot more float to your bounce when you jump. Sure. So like you cover more of the, that blue. Yeah. Like yeah, kind yeah. of um, and yeah, you kind of um, you have a magic staff and uh, you have to solve like you know pretty simple puzzles, fight a bunch of enemies, and um, and you've got to free your town, which is the land of Alwa. Um, and I put like an hour into it. It's the kind of game that like I could probably put another hour into it here, here and there. And I'm pretty sure it's a pretty quick game to get through. Sure. But, um, you know, another, another kind of pretty good retro game called Hours Awakening. Unfortunately, didn't scratch the itch. Um, what I was not expecting was to get extremely addicted to an iOS game. Uh, this month, sure. Uh, again, that you talked about at the end of uh, of last, last episode, episode I think. Yeah. and um, I remember talking about how much I like Breakout um, when you were talking about it. Yeah, uh, the game is called Hold Down. Yeah, um, and uh, it was uh, I don't know who this has been developed by. Um, it is being made by someone called Martin Johansson. Hey, uh, with sound dev. with sound and music by Nicholas Strom. Um, and, uh, yeah, basically it is, uh, like a mining game, but it's a, it's a ball, like a pong uh, kind yeah, of like breakout a, a game. breaker, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you, uh, you aim your, your ball from above, um, to hit a bunch of bricks below you. Each brick has a number on it, which means that you've got to hit it that many times before yeah. the brick disappears. And you have multiple balls that you fire. Yeah, that's right. With like, each kind of round. Like up you... to a hundred you can, yes. you can amass uh, in, in a, in a game. Um, and yeah, basically you, you there, there are like six planets so it's, it starts with an asteroid you end up uh, yeah, mining go, into the into a sun go like asteroid meteor moon planet Pla- sun planetoid planet planetoid, sun yeah yeah um and uh yeah you've got to get deeper and deeper into yeah. into the 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 hole um as you as you progress um it is just such a, i remember like like the first time you play something like threes yeah it's like this is so genius yeah but like you know where where threes was like its own take on like a the number puzzle game. This is like, just kind of feels like a natural extension of like a breakout experience. It's like perfectly suited to, to a, to a phone game. Yeah. I've loved this game. It, it, the, once you get through the six kind of like different planets and, you know, it takes a while for you, you need to upgrade pretty much everything to, to, yeah. to beat, to to mine through the sun. You then get like an endless mode, which we have a few friends that are trying to get, uh, to the, to a depth of a thousand meters in, yeah, I've gotten to like four hundred and something, and I've just like it, it, it gets so hard. Yeah, you have to like hit certain blocks like hundreds of times, and it's all about like aiming your shot to the perfect angle so it bounces infinitely, sort of, basically. Yeah, and, sort of like you you want to try instead of having it bounce off a brick and come back up to the top of the screen where it's essentially null and void. Yep, you want to kind of angle it so it gets into cracks and crevices and bounces or like. When you when you have the hundred balls and you nail that kind of nail the angle and it gets into like 
a cave, if you will, of blocks and just a hundred balls going ape shit in this small space. Yep. Just watching the numbers, like it might be like a 200 block you have to hit and just watching the number drop to zero in the space of 10 seconds while there's all these balls going nuts. Oh, it's such good like visual yeah, feedback. It's so satisfying. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you are looking for a great game to get addicted to on your phone, highly recommend Hold Down. Yeah. Uh, that's it for all the games that we've been playing in the last month. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking that was going to be a quite a quiet uh, month yeah, of games, but no. This, yeah, this we've, is this has gone on a while. We play a lot, bro. We, we do. play a lot. We play a lot. Bonk, 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 bonk. Um, so the game awards are a big event coming up uh, very soon, a couple yes. weeks away. Uh, we should shout out though that like um you know people a lot of people are very excited for the ten new games that are getting announced at the game awards this year. Oh damn! Um, it's going to be the most games ever announced at a game awards so far, but um the it's a couple days surrounding it. Um, the good folks over at Kind of Funny, um, okay. after a tweet that Greg Miller, the founder of Kind of Funny, did um, when PSX was uh, called off this year, he said that he was going to do a, his own showcase to fill the void. And uh, they've now got 60 games that they're either going to announce like freshly or like additional content for or extra this is, trailers this for. Is it E3? No, this is like their own thing. Oh, wow. In, in, in like less than two weeks. I think it's like the same weekend as Game Wars. Oh, hell yeah. Um, okay, I should look it up now. They're kind of funny showcase. But yeah, a, a lot of them are going to be um, indies. Yeah. I know Mes- Messenger is announcing something new. Oh, snap. To do That's with that. cool. Um, and uh, Seg- Sega are announcing a, a Yakuza related um, announcements. They have some pretty big, oh wow, big publishers some, doing some, some stuff more too. AAA kind of stuff. Um, apparently, there's some Vita stuff, some some VR stuff. But yeah, Jesus. a lot of uh, there's going to be a lot of um, a lot of indie stuff. So we should have a lot of uh, fun news to talk about when we do our final episode of the year um, after the showcase that kind of fun you're doing, um, which is going to be on the eighth of December. Yeah, and then of course the Game Awards, which are when is it? Watch. It's going to be the Game Awards. How to watch. times. I can tell you the time. Yeah. I cannot tell you the date. Give us a freaking date. Um, Add to calendar. What happens if we hit that? <laughs> oh, no. Now I'm playing a game, uh, an indie game called Sign Into My Google Account. Yeah. When is the... Game Awards. I imagine I like Jeff, Jeff Keighley is listening to this going like, fucking hell. 7th, 7th of December. So, 7th of December, which is a Friday, I believe. Um, and then the, uh, the 8th of December. Yes, it's Friday. The 8th of December will be the kind of funny showcase. So, it'll be a fun weekend of awesome game announcements. There's yeah. some big things rumored. Um, it's going to be fun, exciting. Um, but yeah, Game Awards, um, they announced all the nominees. Um, and uh, if you're listening, that means you can vote, um, provided you get in there before the cutoff point. Um, and, and you should you should go vote. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Be- because the most exciting thing is that, like, uh, in in the six games that are nominated for Game of the Year, and which course, is which is the big one, absolutely. And so you have the the usual suspects. You've got Assassin's Creed Odyssey, God of War, Marvel Spider Man, Monster Hunter World, and Red Dead Redemption Two. Uh, and then plus you also have Celeste. Celeste, which. When I when I jumped on to kind of have a sticky beak and do my voting, and I saw Celeste in Game of the Year, I was like, "A, of course I'm voting for Celeste in Game of the Year," but just to see that with all those like multi-million dollar AAAs. Yeah, absolutely. Like you know, you have like Capcom and Rockstar and Sony and Ubisoft next to just Matt makes games. Yeah, the dude who made Celeste, which. The guy must be so stoked. Like, yeah, I'm what, stoked what, for an him. Inc- what an incredible accolade. 
Um, so yeah, uh, go go give Celeste a vote because it, it probably won't win, but uh, God, it would be good if it did. Yeah, I voted for Celeste. I as I recommend you do too. So I thought we could go through the list and uh, point out some of the great indies. There is an indie games category as a yep. phone game category. Uh, we can go through who we would vote for and who we think are going to win. Sure. Um, so quick shout out to A Way Out that we uh, played earlier on in the year, uh, yeah. developed by Hazel Light Studios. That's uh, nominated for best game direction. Which I think, I think is fair. I don't I probably mean, lose. It'll probably lose to God of War. It's, yeah. it's up against every God of War is in like every goddamn category in yeah, these yeah. awards, which is kind of ridiculous. I mean, it's it's pretty much a, it's a contest between God of War and Red Dead Two. I think yeah, for most of um, these. Celeste uh, got a nod for best score, which I think absolutely like I've I've played or at least listened to all the music besides. So yeah, the best score is Celeste, God of War. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Nino Kuni 2, Octopath Traveler, and Red Dead 2. Yeah. Um, and I think far and away, like most memorable, and also just music that I would actively put on and listen to on its own. Yeah. Um, Celeste is like far and away like the best in that category. Oh, 100%. Lena Rain did but that. Do, but do we think it'll win? I don't know. I, I don't know. The- like Lena Rain is like the only kind of main artist who ha- she has like a prominence online mm. that could help push you know, to get people to vote for her. But I think you got, you'll have a lot of people showing up who will just go, oh, I'm voting Red Dead Redemption 2. Because sure. it's my favourite game of the year. It's not necessarily... Like, you get, you get that problem of it's not merit-based. It's just people voting like, oh, this is what I think it should be because I like it. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, no one in Celeste got nominated for Best Vocal Performance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Celeste did get another nod for um, Games for Impact Which is the for a thought-provoking game With a profound pro-social meaning or message Last year it went to Hellblade um, Interesting, okay This year the indies uh, include uh, Celeste um, and Florence I think, I think which they're is, all indies, aren't they? Is, is, this, is this on here? 11, 11, 11 Memories, Memories Retold. Retold It's a Bandai Namco Ah, oh, right, right, okay in, in the same way that, Would you consider um, What's the story game with the girl? Uh, it's like a point and click adventure esque kind of thing about the girl growing up. Point and click it's adventure. It's like an right? ep- episodic adventure game. Life is strange. Life is strange. Would yeah. you consider that uh, an indie? Yeah, you're yeah. right. Okay. Um, oh, there it is. There. Yeah. So yeah, which is Square, which is Squeenix. Um, um, so yeah, Florence, and uh, which is a really beautiful mobile game. Such an awesome. Like it's not so much a game as it is just like this very an interactive. Mm- yeah, yeah, really unique. Definitely worth playing. Yeah, Melbourne, Great. Melbourne developed. Yeah, which is cool. and excellent music too. Um, um, yeah, uh, but then we got best independent game, aka okay, best indie. Uh, we have Celeste. We have Dead Cells, yeah. Into the Breach, Return of the Obra Dinn, which, and The Messenger. Yeah. So of those, I've never even heard of Return of the Obra Dinn. I I had heard of it, and the the aesthetic I find really interesting. Like it's almost an old. Apple Mac kind of aesthetic. Oh no, I have heard of this. You're right. It, yeah. just, it just isn't available on Switch, so I haven't played it. Of course. Yeah. Um, it is something I'd like to play at some point. It seems like a very interesting kind of game. Um, I mean, look, that's some. In terms of nominees, that's some really strong competition. Like Into the Breach, is. That's fantastic. It's such a fucking good so that, game. That, that's like one of the kind of. I know I need to play that before the game is over, yeah. before I decide what my favorite games um, of the year are. Like, uh, Celeste is super strong. Dead Cells made such a huge splash this year. Into the Breach is a massive indie darling. I loved The Messenger. The Messenger was great. Um, yeah, I think it's such a strong... It's a strong set of um, nominees. I, I can't figure out who it would be. 
I think Celeste will probably win that if, because, it, you know, I, I feel like if a game is nominated for Best Game of the Year, obviously it will also win the other category it's nominated See, my, for. See, my question is who's choosing the nominees? Um, someone who has a great taste in games. <laughs> sure. But that's, I mean, that's the thing. Because it's public voting, That's that for me is the stick in the spokes. Uh-huh. Like, I can't work out what the public yeah, will totally. do. Yeah, totally. Yeah. If it was thing. industry, it would be easier yeah. to kind of pick because I feel like it would yeah. be a line with if it was in, If it was industry who were voting for it, I'd say, yep, Celeste would probably win. But because you get like, you've got publishers stoking the fire, trying to get votes. You get people that kind of get very cliquish about, oh, I love that game, therefore all other games suck kind of thing. Yep. Um, yeah, it, it could be anyone. I hope Celeste wins. I definitely like... As brilliant as Into the Breach is, it lacked that kind of like the heart of Celeste. Sure, like, yeah. Celeste was such a, you know, that's the reason it's in the the games for the games with a message. Yeah, definitely. Category yeah. like it told a really beautiful story. Um, I would love to see the Messenger get something. I think this is the only thing it's a, it's nominated for. I, I yeah. loved the soundtrack to the Messenger. Yeah, sure. Um, we should have a best games music category in our game of the year awards totally. at the end of the year. Uh, uh, that's purely up for you to decide. <laughs> uh, now we move to best mobile game. Um, I think a lot of these are talked about on the show as well. Donut County. Yep. Donut County is uh, here up the top here. Um, Florence as well. Fortnite. <laughs> yeah. PUBG. <laughs> um, Reigns, Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, we've talked about the Reigns games before. They're really fun. I've not played the Game of Thrones one. I'm not really interested I, in Game of Thrones. I, but... I won't be like... Have you played Reigns though? Oh yeah, I love it. So I played good, both yeah. the King and the Queen version. Yeah. It just I think when we I think we talked about this one on our E three episode and my comment was shout out to who's the producer? Neriel. Shout out to Neriel for making it, but I'm not gonna play it because I don't watch or read Game of Thrones. Yeah. I don't care. Um uh, Devolver, Devolver getting some money off that too, which is good too. Yeah. Um I will say I've seen a few people grumbling about this, and I agree. I think it's kind of fucked that PUBG and Fortnite, Fortnite. are in the mobile category. Yeah, totally. Like, those are such huge games that the mobile category should be an opportunity to shine a light on some of the... like. Yeah. It's almost, in a weird way, it's almost a secondary indie category, I feel. Yeah, for sure. It would be so good to see Donut County get it. Yeah. Or games, so- games that kind of like... I was going to be like, games that only exist on mobile, but like Donut County exists on console as well. I can't really say that because it'll remove it. <laughs> I, I voted for Donut County in this. Um, I would And too. I think Donut... Well, we'll talk Game of the Years next, next episode. Next, yeah. next episode. But yeah, Donut County. You love it. Um, I don't think there's anything really in VR... It's not many people... I really want to play Astrobot Rescue Mission. Have sure. you seen that? Looks really good. I also really want to play Beat Saber. That's been... I also really want to play Moss. I also just got Tetris Effect. Sure. Which is technically an indie. So I can talk okay. about that next month. Cool. Um, best action game. Dead Cells Dead in Cells best, best action, action game, That's pretty cool. Which is cool. Um, Mega Man 11, is that? No. Nah. Nah. It's Capcom. Um, best blah, RPG. Blah, blah. I don't think there's nah. anything in RPG. Oh, maybe Pillars of... Who made Pillars of Eternity? Obsidian, nah, they're they're huge. <laughs> Blaz Blue, yeah, there's not any fighters. Best family, Best family game. game. Oh, undercooked. Overcooked. Overcooked, sorry. Undercooked. Yep, overcooked. overcooked cool to see them get the nod. It's weird that like I feel like Nintendo Labo should win that, but no one really gives a fuck about Labo except me. Yeah. Hold on, what was the last one in family? Oh Super, Super Mario, Mario Party. Party, okay. Not an indie. Strategy So strategy you've got into the breach in here. 
Um, yeah, and Frostpunk. Frostpunk's cool. Again, by Lemon Studios. Studios, who we were discussing moments before. Um, Wait, and is, they... is Banner Saga? That's a indie as well, I guess you would. Yeah, Stoic Studio. I don't think they're big. There's nothing in sport racing. Nothing in multiplayer. Nothing in multiplayer. Student games. I, I guess it's like the All absolute of definition of indie. But would we're... technically be indie. We should, try, we should try and check these out, some of them out. Yeah. Best we... debut indie. Best debut indie game. We have Donut County. Yep. Florence. Moss. The, the messenger, messenger and Yoku's Island Express. What, Man. What's, your, what's your take? Um, of those, I liked the messenger the most. Sure. I I loved Yoku's Island Express as well, and uh, I'm into Donut County, but I, I think Donut County should win phone game. Yeah, hundred percent. I think the messenger should win this debut. Yep. Did it? Esports? No, no. I think we're in the other. The things yeah, I that think aren't we've, games. we've yeah. made it out where it's just people. But look, I, I'm, I'm going to watch the whole awards. It has been a weird year for me, like just um, setting my setting my clock and watching. Uh, Dude, twelve twelve thirty p.m. Oh, really? Yeah. On like a Friday or something like that. Yeah, Friday twelve thirty p.m. That's said. great. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right. Well, I'll watch it at a very normal time then next week. I will be on my office Christmas party. Cool. I'll let you know what happens. Please message me updates throughout. Of course. Donut yeah, yeah. County didn't win. I just <laughs> pound more beers. Damn it. Well, uh, John, we have uh, one thing left to do. Um, we do. And that is uh, go through our emails that we emails. received. Send us an email at all the, sorry, all the small games at gmail.com, just we, like our friend Ryan did. We, we loves to hear from you, Ryan. Uh, he says, hey, guys, firstly, love the show. Slowly becoming one of the highlights of my month. Hooray. Us too. Uh, anyway, in the last episode, you talked about Guacamelee and the final two fights. How you both thought their oppo- thought the opposite about the difficulty. Which one of us was right, Ryan? <laughs> After playing the game based on your opinions, I too set myself up for a tough second last fight, which I breezed through and then promptly got my ass handed to me by the final boss. Yes. So I'm guess I'm asking: Have either of you? had high expectations for a difficult fight or something similar only to get thrown a curveball or turn out to be different to what you thought. I have one very relevant story from Hollow Knight. Yep. Um, the boss was the fluke mother or fluke mom. Yeah, yeah. You know, the giant kind of hanging sack that just yeah, yeah. spits out those flukes that attack you. I, I took several runs at this boss where I'm like leaping from side to side on the platform like slashing upwards as I go and you know having a real difficult time like event I'd spend to- so much time attacking the boss that the flukes would gang up on me and I'd die so I switched up my strategy and tried to like do what we were talking about earlier where it's like jump on top of the boss and then try to keep myself aloft <laughs> by slashing downwards yep um took a few runs at that died 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 and then sort of took another step back and went, hold on a minute, because there are platforms on either side of the boss. And I realized that if I just sit on that, what, like a middle platform, like, cause she'll shoot two flukes out, just kill the two flukes, build up soul, and then fire a vengeful spirit. Rinse, repeat. It took me like maybe five to seven minutes to finish this boss battle, but I lost one bit of health right. over the whole thing. It just... it. Weirdly, the strategy nerfed the boss battle into just how much patience do I have? I think I that was like one of the rare bosses in that that I that I finished first go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was did you? But how did did you do it? Just jumping around normally? I think I just stayed in the same place and just whack, 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 whack. Oh right, okay. Yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> I was I was very pleased with myself that I worked out a kind of shortcut. There, yeah, there are definitely how, there are other ones to how it. this works. One of the bosses, I um, I and I, I, I turned on my shield. 
because um, it's like that's a like, big rotating thing, thing right? yeah, yeah yeah and then i also i basically like you have like a bunch of little bugs that will like attack things for you yes yeah, so uh, turned so, vengeful spirit into flute yeah or so like i that. turned all of those things on and then i um it's for, like one of like the hardest bosses in the game but then i just um just kept jumping up into the top corner and where it couldn't strike me but everything that i had it would either run into or it would attack sure. it for me. And it was like just 10 minutes of me hiding in the top corner and then it died. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's always... It's as it's satisfying to work that out. And even though you're kind of like you're not in the spirit of the game, you're still like, I still worked out how to beat you. I don't care how easy that yeah, was. Yeah, well, I mean, f- for me, it's like um, like the messenger is a great one where I think like for me, like the toughest boss in the, in the, for, me, for me that I died the most on was like the sixth level. Okay. Like the sixth boss with that, that girl that girl with the whip, the woman with the whip. I died so many oh, the times. One, the one that jumps back and forth between the rings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was like that was so hard to me and I don't think any boss gave me as much challenge as she did. Yeah. Like I ended up backtracking so I could um afford an upgrade that meant you lost less less health. Sure. When you got attacked by Was that things. the one where she she'd bounce around and she'd send like those kind of like towering plants yeah yeah, yeah. and you sort of like to as slash you into as the, you, yeah. you had to slash air jump to slash the next one yeah 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 that 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 fucked me up hard because bu- i i i could never do air jump properly <laughs> yeah but then like from there like there wasn't really a boss that I had anywhere near as much trouble with and i was expecting it to get harder and harder and i think the the final boss in that i beat first go i think it was a bit weird when you got to the sky stuff and it turned from like a platforming fight to a shmup. Yeah, that was fun. As that was, oh, it was super fun. Yeah, I'm yeah. just saying it was like, that That was such a change in approach to boss fights. The boss fight that I had to kind of go back and do it a couple of times. Are you in general a fan of boss fights or no? Yeah, I like them. Um, I like them if they seem fair. Sure. Like Hornet seems fair, but Watcher Knights doesn't kind of thing. Right. Like ganging five... Like, having to go through five of those things and having two at a time is a bit like, you're not giving me any chance here. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, li- I like a boss battle. I don't, you know... A boss battle is a good way to tell you you should stop playing this game. <laughs> um, our next email is from Jared. Thanks so much to Ryan for writing to us. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Ryan. And thanks in advance, Jared. How I, this one uh, says, I'm catching up on all the small games because I recently bought a Switch. In episode three, nice. I think Levens mentions that he has like a half terabyte memory card. I was wondering where you got it and how it performs in terms of speed. Most of the Switch-specific cards I see cut top out around this 164 to 200 range. Thanks, guys. P.S. I'm loving Hollow Knight, and we'll hopefully be bringing on those other God-tier Switch titles soon. You should do. They're God-tier for a reason. Where is the card stored? Um, I feel like... SD cards are stored in the balls. <laughs> Along with the P. Um, is it in the game card slot? Maybe. I wish it was a video podcast so you could see us struggling to find... Yeah. Where the Wait, fuck is you- it beneath the... Is it? Yeah, there it is. It's beneath the stand. Okay, cool. I'll, t- I'll tell Little. you what. I'll tell you what my card is. I I didn't get a switch specific one. No, neither. I I just bought like. Oh crap! Shit, mine. This so tiny. I... What What's happened? Yours. Mine's one hundred and twenty-eight. Mine is uh, sixty-four. But I just bought a cent. Like, don't bother with a switch specific one. Just but like, find out what kind of card you get. For the Switch, for like what kind of the Switch takes? Because there's something like ultra high density or something like that. 
find out which one works. Just buy a SanDisk or one of the yeah. I bought it. Mine's a SanDisk. I mean, yeah. I, I yeah. If you just get a good brand like that, then uh, just I, I, I wish mine was bigger. I constantly have to delete shit from mine sure. now. Um, 128 was not enough, but it was like the the biggest one they had. There's at, big. I think there's Hi-Fi. big. You can get like it'll it'll cost you a bunch more, but you can get like two fifty sixes now or something. I think. Yeah. So yeah, sorry for lying, Jared. I I was just exaggerating. I do that sometimes. And the good thing is with a card reader, you could probably transfer. You can transfer all your information from your Switch to a bigger card if you want to just... Oh, cool. Yeah. I, I don't see any reason why you couldn't do that. You okay, should be sweet. able to just clone it. Okay, great. Yeah. Sweet. Well, yeah, thank you. If you want to email us, it is allthesmallgames at gmail.com. Um, what are you looking forward to playing? Uh, is, are there any like things that you want to try and play that you missed in the year before the year is over? Or are you just... um, Undertale. I want to try Moonlighter again for a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, pa, 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 pa. Brick Squad. <laughs> Um, what about you? Yeah, I, mean, I want to. I've got uh, those two. I've got uh, Into the Breach oh. is a game I've had on my Switch and have never opened. I need to get into definitely, that. Definitely. Um, I want to play um, the other game by the seller dudes who made um, Rogue Legacy. They made one called Full Metal Furies. Okay. Which came out at the start of the year, um, and that came to Switch um, a couple of weeks ago. I've got that to to uh, give a crack to. I think that is another strategy game, so I might play a couple of strategy right. games this month. Um, I should. I should probably take another swing and finish Owlboy and Iconoclast. Yep. I've got to finish Transistor. I've got to finish Saving Mr. Taco and Guacamelee 2. Um, and I want to play... <gasps> oh, yeah. The Guacamelee's sw- coming out. Guacamelee 2's coming out in I want, December. I want to play The Swindle. And yeah, uh, I, I want to I want to watch uh, tutorials for both de- getting good at Dead Cells and getting good at Moonlighter okay. and give both those games the crack they deserve. Sure. Yeah. Crack. Jeez, they've got a lot of games in here that I haven't even opened yet. It's weird flex, but okay. <laughs> okay, there's, so there's there's six six games in each row of on my Switch. Um, I'm going to include... Okay, all right. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine, thirty, thirty-one, thirty-two. 32. What's 32 times 6? Uh, that is 192. I've got 192 Switch games on my Switch at the moment. Damn. Yep. That's pretty good. Uh, I've probably got like so in I want, the 20s. I want to hit 200 by the end of the year. Can I do it, everybody? <laughs> you know I can. Just make them small because you don't have that half terabyte. I don't have to apply them. I just want to, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, thank you so much for listening. Yes. It would be uh, real cool of you to uh, go and follow us on Twitter. We are at the small game on Twitter. We are also facebook.com at, slash. Wait, sorry. At all the small games. Sorry, at all the small game. Um, facebook.com slash all the small games. Um, again, you can email us all the small games at gmail.com. Individually, we are on Twitter and Instagram as at 16tacos for John and at levdog for me. Um, and more than anything, like tell your friends about this podcast um, yeah. because uh, I, I think we're, we've kind of figured out what the show is now and it's, uh, yeah. it's a pretty fun time. I mean, if you've made it this far, you must agree. Yeah. Um, uh, and it would be cool to get uh, more people involved and, you know, sharing the love of indie games with, uh, with us and, and other people. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening and thank we will you. see you Thank you. just after Christmas. Yeah, we will record just after Christmas with our Game of the Year episode where we so, discuss. Hope you get lots of indie games for Christmas and Hanukkah. Yeah. And Kwanzaa. All of them. Uh, and if, like, hopefully you celebrate all three so you get triple the indie games. Hey. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 